0: i wonder if lynda.com has like a tutorial for british accents (laughs) (laughs) like authentic british accent like the guy comes in it's like hey i've been speaking with a british accent for over 20 years yeah you can trust my accent
1: (laughs) yeah all all it is is just you move the pronunciation of the words to like the back of your mouth and you just (laughs) swallow half the words and that's it
0: Speaking of British, it seems like we have some corrections for the last show. That was not a segue. I (laughs) I was going to say, wow, is that like the world's best segue
1: or am I I missing something entirely? (laughs) Yeah, we briefly talked about comedians in cars getting coffee, Mm -hmm. uh, I think on episode two. Um, And a friend of the show, Justin Morris, pointed out, I think we were a little vague about who makes that. I thought it was just like a web series and it is it is available Mm -hmm. online but it's actually a crackle original which I think is like a comedy network owned by Sony
0: right I have never Um, seen that I
1: I don't think people actually watch that
0: yeah crackle is sort of on the same wavelength as I think voodoo maybe no one's really heard of him there aren't really that many shows on it but um yeah i actually caught a few episodes since the last time we spoke nice have you seen the barack obama episode i did not see that one sam you don't do this homework do you think do you think i'm putting these links in the show notes just for my own benefit (laughs) so i don't know what to call it when there is like this set of hired expectations on watching something and Mm. so i sort of and this is what i was going to tell you i think in our first recording of of our pilot podcast um, I said, oh, I can't get into it because it's like eating an orange. <laughs> did
1: Do you, you remember when that? I said that? I, d-
0: I did say that. Did I cut that bit? <laughs> you did cut it out because <laughs> it was just like completely random. So given two pieces of fruit, let's say you have apple mm-hmm. and you have slices of orange, okay. right? Yeah. The flavor of apple, mm-hmm. like like the flavor profile of apple is a lot easier to ease into
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. than an orange. So an orange... Um, there's that initial acidic burst that to me seems a little taxing. So I'm like, I know that this orange is delicious, but is it worth the effort of going through that emotional roller coaster of the initial acidic burst for me to enjoy this orange? So given the two options, even though they're both in front of me, I always opt for the apple because it's an easier way to get into the flavor. Okay. That's just me. I'm, (laughs) I'm sort of messed up that way. But I use... That same feeling for when there's like a high expectation of a show that I need to focus on and concentrate on or like stuff that I'd like to comment on. So I know that I'm going to have feelings for the Barack Obama comedians in cars with getting coffee. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, oh, I need to be at my peak mental facilities in order to watch this. So I'd rather watch something like some stupid show if I have the opportunity to watch it. So...
1: Well, what makes comedians and cars getting coffee an orange rather than an apple? Like, is it just the
0: unknown? Because it does have two people that I really like and admire. Yeah. Like, I really like Jerry Seinfeld and I really like Barack Obama. Like, the settings need to be perfect in order for me to enjoy it. Otherwise, I'm just going to half-ass watch it and they deserve better. And so there's that expected... I know it's get a little taxing. So because I'm also a huge procrastinator and I'm lazy, those equals... Oh, I'm just going to do that later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> thinking about your apples and oranges i'm i'm reminded that i that i have a friend in england uh, and she hates watching new movies she'll only watch movies she's seen before
0: i think that goes along the same lines that i'm talking about there's a couple of really interesting movies on my netflix queue that i sh- that i know i should watch like one of the things that i've been putting off is um, the show objectified it's about design and i think pentagram and michael beirut is being interviewed there. Okay. Um, and I know I should pay attention to that one. So up to this day, even though I should have watched it, I still have not watched it.
1: Does a TV show get more orangey
0: if more people tell you to watch it? TV show is a little different, but yes. Um, so I think it was the same thing for me with True Detective. Eventually it got to a point where like after that initial barrier, after that first like acidic burst goes through, the rest of it's sweet. So I can just like ease back into it right like an orange yeah so after i got over the initial hump of watching that first episode and you know if you if you've ever watched true detective it's pretty addicting mm-hmm. it is so unless you watch season two <laughs> right, exactly oh did you see uh that's uh hbo executive took the
1: blame for season two right i did read that to summarize like they felt they probably put too much pressure on the writer nick lot, i realized i read his name i've never said it out loud Pizzolatto Pizzolatto mm. Pizzolatto I want to say it In a stupid Italian accent <laughs> Yeah they just say They rushed him Into a second season Yeah I think it's the Always the problem It's the sophomore Album You know You you have 10 years To write your first album And then That's successful And then you're like Oh fuck I've got 12 months To do the next one
0: Right So that's why I think the series Like the two series That British television does Or tries to stick to mm Actually ends up being a lot better. Right,
1: because our our seasons are super short. You get right. six episodes
0: usually and that's it. And there's hardly a show that goes after the second series. Yeah, you're right. We're pretty discerning. We're like, oh no, that's it, you're done. No more right. for you. Only a few have really broken that mold.
1: Yeah, I'm now trying to think of like uh what's gone long Downtown Abbey. Yeah, still never seen that show and never will.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, British people. Another one that went long is and and actually turned bad after the second season was uh, Misfits. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, Misfits, yes. They did the thing where they changed the
1: characters, right? And that just... I can't think of a single TV show where that's worked.
0: Wait, what do you mean they changed characters? Oh, like they changed the people?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like the full cast or...
1: Old folks out, new folks in. Yeah. Because they also did that with... There was another Channel 4 drama called...
0: It wasn't Skins, was it? Yes,
1: it was Skins. Thank you. Okay. okay. Oh, thank you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, they did the same thing with Skins. Like the first two seasons were a oh, one cast, and then they, when they go into the third and fourth seasons, they boy in a whole new, whole new cast. It just never works, does it? You, you—that's the reason you kind of watch TV shows—is to right. Um, latch you on buy the into the people, yeah, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you get a whole bunch of new people. I would like to find examples of where that's happened on a TV show when it has
0: worked. DeGrassi, junior high. I don't know if they've actually changed the full cast though. American Horror Story. Oh, uh, Uh, no! I think the same people are kind of in it. Well,
1: that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, you got to get all
0: the same or a lot
1: of the same actors. You're like, oh yes, just different different roles. Mm. Have you watched The Expanse on Sci-Fi Channel?
0: Yeah. So Sci-Fi is probably a channel that I don't have access to.
1: I've just heard it's the new Battlestar Galactica.
0: Is it though? I've read something about it, which I probably shouldn't have. Spoiler alert. Um, not really. Okay. It's just that there isn't enough about the characters to really drive you in. Mm. Like I think the so. setting is great. I think this they they say the setting is great. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. We're both in, going entirely on hearsay right now.
0: Right. The story is great, but then it's uh there's not enough about the character. So I don't know. I'll have to check it out. So there is another thing that's on corrections and omissions that you wanted to mention.
1: Yeah, it's neither a correction nor an omission, but a friend of the show, Drew Peterson, mentioned another cooperative board game, Sentinels of
0: the Universe. It's actually called Sentinels of the Multiverse. Fuck! I was gonna put like a lot of reverb on my voice when I say that. <laughs> you can say it again. Okay. Here, let's let's try it again. Okay,
1: Sentinels of the Multiverse.
0: You got it nailed it Uh, (laughs) so i didn't i've never actually played it um but i've seen people play it and i've watched uh, a couple of rounds being played in the office actually Mm. it's great it's um each person uh, takes control of a of a superhero that has their own deck and their deck is customized to their superhero And each superhero plays innately different from each other. Uh, Much like, you know, how in Forbidden Island, each role character has like a special ability. Like, one person can take an extra turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another person can like jump around on the island.
1: You're such a good teacher, Sam. You've just like coached this in terms that I know. (laughs) Because Forbidden Island is
0: like my entire reference point for board (laughs) gaming right now. That and guess who? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a character that only inflicts damage and that's all he does and there's another character all he does is heals himself or herself or the team and so like you have these roles that sort of aid each other but then the point is to get rid of um the bad guys that are on the board the only thing that i can't get over is that uh the the artwork Mm -hmm. is something that i find not too great Oh,
1: so I had, a, that's, I had a brief look at the websites. It's kind of like pop art, e or comic it is. booky. I don't know.
0: It is like comic book arty, but it's not good comic book art
1: mm.
0: So the it, perils
1: of being a designer, Sam. <laughs> right.
0: That is that is the sole reason why I haven't bought a copy for myself. Really? <laughs> yeah. If they do a reprint with actual comic book artists, not mm. that I'm probably insulting the comic book artist right. if he or she re- hears this. If they redid the design then I would probably own a copy of it. Last week, uh, we asked some Twitter questions. I'll read the first one. Do it. So, uh, at Matt and Warb mm-hmm. asks, who is your favorite Backstreet Boy? Not members of Backstreet Boys. Just, who is your favorite Backstreet Boy? That doesn't necessarily have to be a member from... The band Backstreet Boys. It could just be <laughs> some boy in the backstreets. On the Backstreets, right.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure how many boys I've encountered in Backstreets <laughs> recently. Um, let alone enough to have a favorite. Um, but of members of the band Backstreet Boys, uh, I think it has to be Nick, because I had his haircut.
0: Nick Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, full on center parting. I don't know his name, but I'd have to go with the short one. <laughs> What is his name? Uh, Backstreet Boys trivia is really not my strong point. It's not even trivia. just basic knowledge of Backstreet Boys. is not my strong point. <laughs> so I believe the name is Brian. Okay, Brian Luttrell. Mm.
1: Like, if this was a quiz about, like, British pop bands from the 90s, uh, say uh, Take That or E17, I'd be all over it. Who's your favorite Take That? Uh, Jason
0: Orange, <laughs> because his last name is Orange. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was Robbie Williams a part of Take That? He was, yep. Yeah, that'd probably be my favorite. Yeah. Um, Sam, uh, who is your favorite Backstreet Boy? Uh, Brian Littrell. Okay, nice. The short one, yeah. Um, Do you have a reason? Yes. Okay. It's probably because he was like the most humble and least douchey. Uh, That's an important uh, character
1: trait you look for in uh, pop stars.
0: Always. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you just... Let's talk about Carly Rae Jepsen. I don't know if (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> spoken about her on the show before modesty is just written all over her
1: um is she is she actually modest in real life is that a is that one of our things
0: i believe that she actually came by the spotify office and people said she was really cool oh my god were you there that day i was not Sam. yeah it was a shame someone actually got a picture with her and said best day ever and put it on their facebook page oh my god what an asshole Sam, pretty i'm so sorry oh
1: my god <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling for you right now
0: you know, I think I was actually in the office but probably didn't recognize it was her. I think that actually happens quite a lot. Right, I think that happens too. I'm like, "Oh, this someone wearing stupid clothes. Yeah, they're probably a pop star." <laughs> just <laughs> Karen walking. Right. You know, it's you know what happens a lot? Like someone would be wearing a hat and I don't know who they are. Yes, and I just immediately think they're a pop star. Yes. Oh, you're in hat indoors. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a pop star. Hey. Right. <laughs> Especially if it's a guy wearing like a fancy hat indoors, I'm like, oh that's gotta be someone famous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why, why else like a, would a fucking you trilby right or now? something. It's <laughs> <isn't laughs> like? like the
1: floppy one, like the floppy one with a brim. Yeah. Like a fedora. feather sticking out of it, perhaps a fedora. Yeah. <laughs> right
0: Um or gold chains. That's the other giveaway as well. Right. Yeah. Gold chains, uh, a sleeve of tattoos. Yep. Um silver tipped shoes would also be another one. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, fingers crossed that Nigel Good comes by the Spotify office in New York Def-
0: City at some point. <laughs> I saw a picture of him and I don't think I could ever distinguish <laughs> him out if I ever saw him in real life. That is, that's the
1: joy of uh, being an electronic <laughs> music producer. You, you can just uh, blend in. Yeah.
0: So second question is from Bazoo. Uh, let's hear your top three board games and why. Also, your must-have snack for a game night.
1: Okay, that's good. Well, um, since we just earlier established that the only two board games I've played are Forbidden Island and guess who? They are going to take the top billing. Well, you've also played that zombie game. Oh, I did play that zombie game. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Ah, uh, Trust you, Sam, to keep a record <laughs> of all my board gaming activities. I have it logged on my spreadsheet. I really like that zombie game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm going to rate it number one just because... It's something I want to dig into again. And one day I will actually go and buy it and get and get the game again. Um, so I'm going to put Rise of the Zombies at number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Forbidden Island, number two. Um, I've only played that twice. But we've also won both times. So I'm oh, uh, now thinking that like,
0: damn, I'm just like a natural Forbidden Islander. The first time I played Forbidden Island, it was like a very cinematic ending. It was the last few tiles were available. And we just got, we all just got to the helicopter and that we're able to take off just as everything else was sinking around us. That's pretty cool.
1: For our next game, we're going to take your suggestion and we're going to play as two people. So it'd be like, yeah, two mm. people playing as four. Number three would be guess who.
0: Cool. So, what is like a, a good snack that you like to have during game night? Um, I don't know why that's such a difficult question. <laughs> to me, it's actually a pretty difficult question too, because. I am very particular about my board games, so I kind <laughs> of don't, don't get want... crumbs on the board game. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, can't have anything greasy because you don't want the grease to transfer to the cards. Yeah, it's got to be trouser friendly as well, so nothing right drops out. So no like cabbage flake. Maybe like wasabi peas or like those Japanese soy sauce snacks, like the rice crackers. I love the wasabi peas because you always get those like one or two that is incredibly strong. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and you just end up crying, <laughs> yeah. And the rest of them are like, mm, "Fine, fine, fine." Ah, my head is getting <laughs> explode. So, my top three board games. This is a very hard question because it's, uh, yeah. I mean, there are different there are different scenarios for like different things. So the the setting that I'll do is for a family setting, okay, where mm-hmm. maybe two generations are there. Mm-hmm. So elderly people versus like maybe uh, a bit younger. You know, so it has to be kind of simple. Everyone can sort of get along and play with it. But because I'm a board game snob, it sort of has to be not something that you can regularly find in normal shops. Although normal shops these days, you can find a lot of really good board games.
1: You are a board game hipster.
0: So with those criterias, um, I would say number three is probably going to be... Oh, you're doing um, it in reverse order. That's so exciting. Yes. Such a, such a professional number three will be werewolf
1: <laughs> you really have to think about this aren't you <laughs> yeah
0: so werewolf is more like a social deduction game where the rules are pretty easy but, and it also takes a little bit of role play you know mm. what rather than werewolf I will say resistance I think the resistance is more of a finely tuned uh, social game where you have to deduct. Okay, um, okay you're
1: allowed to make one last-minute switch, yep. and I think you've just had it, okay? Yeah. From now on, it. once you've said it, that's it. That's okay. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like you've put down a word in Scrabble. Like, that's it.
0: That's it. My hands no, no off takes back. can't yeah. change it. <laughs> yeah. I'm screwed from now on. Resistance is a social deduction game where uh, a couple of people are going to be spies who have blended in with the Resistance, and... The job of the spies is to mess up the resistance and then the everyone in the resistance sort of has to try and figure out who the spies are and wow. with those criteria they need to try and uh, do these missions that they go on that either fails or succeeds depending on if they go on missions with the spies or not. Uh, number two would be um, shit What was i thinking of i had you you didn't write this down no (laughs) forbidden island Um, Ah, good number two is forbidden island i think uh game is easy and just has enough strategy to get everyone involved and it does have like that nice cinematic ending that people like
1: yeah i also like that in a family setting where Mm -hmm. tensions might be running high it's cooperative so it's yeah that's, but then you uh, also
0: have case. the um, the pitfall of someone just sort of hogging the whole game, <laughs> right? Where it's like you yeah. do this, and then I'll do this, and then this person will do this. Okay, let's do it. And so oh, you don't want, yeah, you don't yeah. want that to happen. Oh my god, I think I've had a realization. I am that person. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first game would have to be Dixit for me. The rules of Dixit is everyone has about five cards and each card has like a beautifully illustrated surreal image on it. That person will choose a card from their hand and they're going to say a phrase that represents the card that they have selected. What's going to happen is everyone else is going to choose a card that they feel also represents that phrase or saying from their hand. And it's all going to be shown face up, but people aren't going to know whose is which. And then everyone will vote on which they feel uh, is, uh, the player's card. Let's say I put, I, I chose the ballet shoes and then I say ballet shoes. Everyone is going to know that the ballet shoes are my card. If everyone puts their vote on my card, everyone else will get a point except for me. But if I say something like dancing to the beat, there might be one or two that have voted on my ballet shoes. And there might be like another card that's been put down that could be actually like someone dancing. If that gets voted and there's some votes on my card, then that player gets the most points. Next question. Uh, this is from at Brant Laverty. Uh, thoughts on Eiffel 65? <laughs> you both must have thoughts on Eiffel 65. Also, talk about video games.
1: Eiffel 65, they were the blue dabba dee dabba Yeah. People, is that
0: right? <laughs> yeah um do you know what i don't really have thoughts on them i must admit you know you're absolutely right i think the less thoughts that we have on eiffel 65 the better it is for the world (laughs) yeah i i know you just want to talk about video games really don't you (laughs) well (laughs) jump straight to that the thing is um yeah so that song i I actually really dislike that song the blue song i'm struggling to remember it and i think
1: that's probably a good thing
0: it's a good thing yeah um but really that that Music video was probably the worst offender of that blue song. It was a blue yeah. alien and like it was a blue
1: spin- thing, right? <laughs> like dancing around. <laughs> because what was that? What uh? What year do you want to guess? Like ninety uh, six? No. Yeah, I want to
0: say like ninety seven, ninety
1: eight. Yeah, I'm gonna guess ninety seven.
0: I'll guess ninety eight. Oh, we're both wrong.
1: We are both wrong.
0: Uh, late nineteen ninety nine. Ah. Uh. So, second part of that question was, let's talk about video games. Well, that's Um, easy for me. I don't play video games.
1: Although, I do play on my phone. Does that count?
0: Right. So, you play on your phone, which totally counts as a video game. So, what video games on your phone are you currently enjoying?
1: Uh, Desert Golfing.
0: (laughs) That is a great game.
1: That is. Do you want to know what level I'm on? No. (laughs) Well, too too bad I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I am currently on level 2,701 holy shit (laughs) (laughs) what the
0: hell (laughs) there you go
1: yeah Um, my focus has moved
0: from two dots to desert golfing so yeah but isn't that game kind of enigmatic um in what way so um I believe desert golf came out around the same time this game called frog fractions came out okay I haven't heard of that do you not know what frog fractions i do not know what frog fractions is okay this is the best this is the best you have not okay
1: okay
0: fine we, oh, we can do this live on air am i gonna no okay. it's it, the game takes a little bit too long for okay. for it to be like a, a live play by play okay but when you have a t- when you have time go mm-hmm. to your browser it's a browser game oh, okay um find frog fractions and just start playing it but just play through it okay because it's great and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at that okay all right well that maybe that can be my homework and i shall report next week right so for me uh i've been playing a couple of different games i think my focus currently is on this game called the order 1886 it is a ps4 game um gorgeous looking game i think the productions of it is uh really good the story is intriguing uh, one of the best parts i like about it is they used um arthurian names so one of the main characters is called galahad and there's like a percival and i think those names are just badass you should have named your first child percival <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> there you go although the thing is like i don't i don't know enough about the arthurian characters to know if like percival was a bastard or not right you don't want to name someone have a secret like, meaning yeah exactly yeah. Uh, it's set in like uh, Victorian England in the 1800s, but... Uh, Wasn't Arthur before that? Yes. Okay. So they're just using the names oh, and see, sort right. of like the concepts around the round table and like uh, the order, right? The parts about the game, um, like the, the graphics obviously is amazing. The story is intriguing, but there's just some parts about it that feel a little awkward, um, but I'm still going to push through and I'll report back when I finish it.
1: I might buy a PS4 and play it in the meantime as well,
0: but probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. No, probably but not. you should get a PS4 because it's great. Another game that I want to quickly mention is this game that I just saw today, which completely blew my mind. Um, I don't know if you've ever played those games where you're creating um, like sets of sticks and there's physics involved and then you let it go and then the sticks move to gravity and then they rotate. No. Do you ever play games like that? No, I have not. Like, um, there's this game, I believe it's originally called, like, Fantastic Contraption, where you essentially have to make a Rube Goldberg machine to get, like, the ball, this ball from, like, from here to the goal.
1: That does sound familiar. I'm not sure I played it, though.
0: So, what you'd have to construct are, like, a set of, you know, like, wooden slides and, like, a pendulum to, like, hit the ball across, and it would slide across the this platform that you created and eventually goes to where its goal is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. So, these guys, they've created the virtual reality version, which means it's completely in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're using the uh, the Vive, which is like HTC's version of the Oculus Rift. But the cool part about it is uh, they have handles, <clears throat> which is presented in-game as well. Okay. So essentially, you can see your hands within the game. And so uh, with this, you're able to just freely construct these objects like you're constructing stuff out of Play-Doh. Right in front of you. And the ease... Yeah, at the ease of, like, how these guys are demonstrating it, it just completely blew my mind how fluid and how creative you can get with this thing. Mm. And so I will put pictures in the show notes, but uh, absolutely amazing. It's it gets so this me really out already excited. Or
1: was this, like, announced at CES, or...?
0: No, I think this was just a beta. Uh, but okay. The, okay. I don't think the actual device is out to the public yet. So the Vive, uh, which mm-hmm. is... HTC and Steam's version of the Oculus Rift. Um, but okay. yeah, it got me super excited about how virtual reality is going to be um, in games and just not for games, but like also uh, expanding like people's creativity. The last question is again from Brent Laverty. Um, it is, how do you use the three seashells? <laughs>
1: Uh, and if you've never seen the movie Demolition Man, that won't make <laughs> much sense. Uh, oh, should we guess the year for that as well? Oh, Demolition Man. Uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock, and uh, blonde-haired Wesley Snipes.
0: I'm going to guess 98. I'm going to guess 96. Okay. 95.
1: Wow, I was way off. Oh, my God. Uh, 1993. Whoa!
0: Yeah, Jesus That's over 20 years ago
1: Um, I don't like thinking about that Let's move on <laughs> <laughs> But how do you use the three seashells? Well, I always thought one of them would be used like a scooper Like a melon baller <laughs> I'm not sure about the other other two though
0: <laughs> I always thought that there would be buttons for something mm. like... Oh,
1: like the fancy Japanese toilets That yeah. uh, you don't need toilet paper for
0: right yeah. so like the one button maybe blasts it away <laughs> right the second like the button shell. cleanses it and then like the third button dries it did you see the really funny uh in- instruction set of how the three seashells are used no i don't think i did all right let me let me send it to you so it's actually really close <laughs> yeah. To the way that you're describing it. Oh, my God. Oh, the last one is, is the melon baller. I actually have a couple of 90s movies that I still go back to and they still hold up. Uh, is one of them Face Off? No. Oh. It is not. That movie does not hold up. Have I ever told you about my Face Off beef? No, you haven't. I would like to hear it. So I would say that I'm a person that has a reasonably large sized head. Okay. Right. So I can see when other people have large heads. If you drive a Subaru, you sort of see, you start seeing like other <laughs> people that have a Subaru, right? Yep. <laughs> um and so whenever I see John Travolta, I just notice that he has a huge head. And that's ruined the entire movie for you or ruined all John Travolta movies has, for you. It has Think yeah. about like when they actually do the face-off machine. Oh, like, like the practicality of this, you know, like, this would never work. You got like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you've got uh,
1: Nick Cage's delicate yeah. petite head, and then you've got John Travolta's giant puppet head. Like, these two faces won't go on the same thing.
0: One is definitely going to be more stretched out than the other. <laughs> Although I, I think Nick Cage actually does have a larger than normal head, but it does not beat John Travolta's face. It oh, is so, way too large. So that's
1: your entire beef with the whole, and that's
0: just ruined your enjoyment of the entire film. Yeah. <laughs> Not not to mention the scientific impossibility of people actually (laughs) having face transplants without any signs of a face transplant. Sam, what is your podcast
1: episode of the week?
0: I have one uh, from one that I've been listening to on and off. It's called uh, Shut Up and Sit Down, which is uh, two people. I have not heard of this. These are two people in the game industry, and I think one writes for video games and one reviews uh, video games. Mm -hmm. But they don't talk about video games, they talk about board games. Um, Mm. And in this particular episode... (laughs) This sounds like your perfect podcast right here. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) So many Venn diagrams in this one. In this one, it's... uh, he. One of the people, I think his name is Quentin Smith. Mm -hmm. He talks about... Um, his five favorite drinking games and the thing that i found most interesting about it was uh, in in the u.s a lot of the drinking games uh revolve skill mm. so if you think about beer pong if yeah. you think about flip cup mm-hmm. it's yeah. dependent on skill but not only that it's it creates a singular winner Mm-hmm. Whereas I yes. feel um, drinking games in like Europe, and and his examples are about the UK, and I feel even like the drinking games in Korea, it's it's it focuses around uh, the loser, but not in a bad way. It focuses uh, around the loser in a way like it's the loser's fault for not being able to keep up, but it does that in a fun way and gives that loser. Uh, this really good kind of attention, right? It's like the fun attention that the loser sort of deserves. And I feel that is a lot more inclusive than when a winner wins at like a skill-based drinking game. Right? Oh, that's so interesting. Huh, I never thought of that, yeah. I'm now trying to think of drinking games that I've played in my youth. I think my favorite one was um, was called Thumb Master. In, in the course of the night, as you're having drinks with like your friends and stuff like one person will be determined the thumb master and this will probably be forgotten after like five minutes but the thumb master will place uh their thumb on the table right in a very discreet way and as the other people sort of catch on they're gonna have to do it as well and the last person who does it or doesn't realize to do it is the person that loses and it doesn't have to be just thumb. It doesn't have to be a thumb and thumb master. It could be like a pose master, right? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so you could all of a sudden be pretend like you're stretching and just keep your hands on like the back of your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Just leave it there. Just leave it there. <laughs> and then soon everyone else will catch on that that is the pose that you have to do. <laughs> and then the last person that's... who catches on is a loser.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna use that on our next um next work drinking night yeah the off-site right <laughs> yeah right so my my podcast of the week came i'm going to try and be a bit more diverse in future but for right now um i caught up on the startup podcast and they had a diversity report you know, it was the episode called diversity report where they um chat about the diversity sam are you up to date on startup
0: um not with the latest season i'm sort of working my way through mm uh, I think season. they're now
1: doing like a mini a mini season, so this isn't really a new season, so right. they did season two where they did like the the dating site, which I didn't really follow too closely i'll be honest, mm-hmm. and then now they've done like maybe four or five episodes going back to Gimlet. uh but yeah, they did one on the diversity of uh of gimlet media as it stands, and they have out of twenty nine people i think. 26 are white so Mm. um yeah that that was just it's just a super interesting episode the three non-white members of gimlet media uh, agreed to be interviewed on the show and that was super interesting to hear them talk to alex
0: oh that's really cool about it
1: yeah it's really cool um and then they also get into not just racial diversity, but also LGBTQ stuff and also religious as well. Like Alex makes a passing joke of like, ha ha ha, I don't think we've got any evangelical Christians. Uh, And then it turns out his producer (laughs) is listening (laughs) in on the, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know what? (laughs) That's Um, funny. Which is really interesting because they make the, the point on the show, you know, you're in Brooklyn working in a media company it's almost agreed that everyone has a certain political viewpoint right. and that's pretty much going to be like very left leaning inclusive yeah they're going to have that kind of viewpoint on the world and then does that mean that people who don't share those views are then just being you know does that create an uncomfortable environment for them yeah and that's really interesting because the like guy was saying you know uh, I would feel a little uncomfortable telling people that I'm a evangelical Christian and I go to church every Sunday Mm. You know, like yeah, yeah. That was just yeah, it was a very sobering
0: episode and super interesting. That is really interesting because I feel like that's also around the tech industry, right? Like especially where I work. Totally. Yeah. Um. Everyone seems to be either. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify, but um, there are a lot of atheists, uh, yeah. and then there are a lot of Jewish people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: And I feel like um, it's kind of uncool to be Christian. Yeah, you're right. right. And so it's awkward for me to say, "Oh, yeah, I I go to church with my family every Sunday," mm. right? It's um whereas it's it's totally cool to um you know take off a couple of days for Yom Kippur, and yeah. you know there should be no problems with that at all, and there should be no problems for you know taking Easter off and stuff like that. But when mm. it's when it has to deal with like Christian stuff, it's I don't know. I think there's like a stigma around it where it's related to politics for yeah, some reason. It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, right.
1: But yeah, that was super. That was super interesting. Um, yeah, if you have thirty to forty minutes. Check it out. One new thing I did was I became a Gimlet member.
0: Oh, really? Yes. You donated? I did. That's amazing. Yeah, I was
1: like, you know what? Gimlet, fucking awesome. I love their shows. Hmm. I want to help. Uh, I also want a mystery show t-shirt. So, oh, yeah, uh, I want his, that too. Here's 60 bucks. <laughs> go, <laughs> yeah, Go and be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that brings up a good point. Like, I do appreciate all the stuff that they're doing. And I do feel like yeah. I do get a lot out of the podcasts that they do. So I should definitely contribute to them. They've done such a good job of
1: uh, creating a feeling of community or at least uh, loyalty uh, in a way that I haven't experienced with other podcast networks i don't right. know if you have the same feeling because i'm you presume that you listen to shows that are part of so-called networks
0: yeah but very few
1: but do you feel a connection to the network itself i think i think no. partly because they made the podcast startup which right. talked specifically about the network and you get you get to learn about how it came to be well whereas there's things like five by five there's like relay fm
0: Um, There is like the Earwolf group, I think Panoply as well. So the other network that I listen to is Nerdist. And I think the shows there are too diverse that it doesn't really feel like it's a continuum. Whereas shows like Gimlet, even though they're completely Mm. different shows, you can sense like the pacing and the quality of it are similar enough. Like they come from like the same principles. Yeah. So you can see like the common thread among them. Mm. But for Nerdist, because these are more segmented, and it all it has is just like the Nerdist name behind it, it does feel it doesn't feel as cohesive as like the Gimlet shows do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking like oh, it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way.
0: <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> like all the Marvel shows all feel of the same quality.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah, you're right.
0: Whereas the DCs are all <laughs> shitty. <laughs> 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 no that's not fair
1: there must be a good one uh supergirl apparently was good although it was on cbs so no one could watch it
0: (laughs) right how do you get cbs on the internet
1: you don't ah fuck and they aren't part of hulu so it's not hulu uh i think you can pay like two or three dollars a month for their streaming oh right i think but no yeah no no it sucks a close contender for my episode of the week was going to be this week's episode of Serial. Mm. Um, which I know you've probably not caught up on at all, right? Not yet. You're still. Yep. No, okay. No. Um, so uh, I won't go too, into too much depth. So on this week's episode of Serial, uh, they interviewed uh, another guy who had been who had also been captured by the Taliban hmm. um, in, like, the sort of months before Bo Bergdahl was. Yep. Um, uh, his name was uh, David Rode. He was a journalist for the New York Times. And I, I think what made this episode was so good was that Sarah Koenig actually got to interview him. Oh. And I think that's what... And I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome because she'd become, like, this trustworthy voice. like an anchor through the story right and actually to have her speak to a subject rather than like narrating an interview yeah uh, which is what the
0: most of the rest of the season so far has been um yeah this was just yeah this was great gotcha so did it feel like the season one again with that episode
1: um no because i'm there's still no i'm still not sure what's driving the story forward you know, we're still missing that right. hook. The, the question, yeah. Um, but having Sarah more involved in the episode, or more mm-hmm. present, and more like
0: driving it, um, was awesome. So my my one of my other beefs with that first episode, and this is just from me listening to that first episode, is that to me Sarah didn't sound like season one Sarah. She sounded a lot more buttoned up if i was to describe it like she's not as relaxed and um speaking from the hip like shooting from the hip with the way she speaks Mm. as she did in season one which i felt was like very comforting Mm. and it was and it was it felt more like someone just telling me the story whereas when i heard episode one it seemed like she was in front of a news desk that was right what I yes felt.
1: We, yes <laughs> right she'd become she'd gone from the investigative investigative reporter to mm-hmm. being just like the um news anchor right yeah i think i i just remembered my probably my favorite scene in the whole of episode of in the whole of season one was when her and julie actually go to the school and make the drive from the school right. to the best buy like, yeah that was so amazing that was just like oh my god they're doing the drive and mm-hmm. they're like there's a school bell and yeah. yeah um that was just so that was just such an incredible moment yeah and yeah i haven't quite we haven't got that perhaps he's suffering suffering from the true detective season two <laughs> Uh, problems as well you know
0: yeah so that's that was one of the things like maybe she's getting a lot of pressure so she felt like she needed to be a little bit more buttoned up Uh, right yeah when you've
1: got like 100 million downloads exactly that mailchimp money yeah right that mad mailchimp money but i think there were some reports that they were rushing to get it out because they'd promised listeners or they promised you know that there would be an investors that'd be a new season by the end of the year
0: Gotcha. And they're not part of Vimlet, right? No, no,
1: no. They're, they're their own in, thing. Yeah, there's American Life and WBEZ Chicago. Oh, that's right. I think. That's, that's it burned in my brain because I hear it at the beginning of every episode.
0: Let's talk about something new. <laughs> I was I was so amazed when you put that first item in. So this relates to my pillow. <laughs> journey. Oh gosh.
1: Right. <laughs> oh we should do a pillow recap, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh when we last left you, uh you were giving back the My latex pillow. lumpy pillow. Yep. Which was
0: like latex lumps. It was it was a uh, memory foam lumps. Oh yeah. Right. And I had just received <laughs> the shredded latex pillow. Okay. The shredded latex pillow I've returned. <laughs> um And mostly due to my fault because uh, I didn't realize that we have standard size pillows and not queen size pillows. We have a queen size bed, Mm. but I I thought, hey, we have a queen size bed. Like we must have queen size pillows. And so I got the queen size pillow and obviously it is not the right size. So that was my mistake. Um, But I did try it out. Okay. And unless you take out a lot of the stuff from the inside... Which you have mm-hmm. to like undo the hem and then sew it back up, mm-hmm. uh, it won't be comfortable for me.
1: Yes, as we established on the previous show, you don't
0: like an overstuffed pillow. Yes. I like <laughs> nothing too high. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have a very large head. <laughs> <laughs> the more that I'm thinking about, like, hey, there's stuff that I need to like unhem and mm-hmm. sew back up, wouldn't it be amazing if I had a machine that can sew things back up? <laughs> Hence, I did a pretty intensive search on what might be the best possible sewing machine.
1: Have you bought a sewing machine?
0: No, I have not. Okay. Um, how, much, how much are sewing machines? I know nothing about sewing machines. Good ones or pretty good ones can go anywhere from like 80 bucks to about 300 bucks.
1: Hmm. Okay. You couldn't just uh, ram raid an All Saints store and take one of the vintage ones from the window?
0: Oh, I wish. But, you know, the problem with those vintage sewing machines is that they're an entire table.
1: Uh with, yeah, who has time for that?
0: With foot pedals. Are you gonna get a sewing machine, do you think? I don't think so. Mainly because my <laughs> Oh, it's too bad. Um uh, the thing, see, I I like thinking about like other things other than like sewing up pillows. Hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> like I kinda wanna make my son's uh Halloween costume from scratch, but one that involves a lot of time and two I'm that involves. I'm already thinking about it already, <laughs> but two that also involves me buying a sewing machine. But I think, especially with the amount of crap that we threw away during our last cleaning of the house, it's not possible. There's probably a veto going to happen on me getting a sewing machine. So, just in case you want to know. um, Sweet Home recommends uh, the Janome Magnolia. Okay. Was that one you'd looked at? No, that is not. Oh, um, okay. I always thought Janome was a side brand of sewing machines. Like, I was going between a singer. You don't want any of that off brand <laughs> sewing machines? <laughs> I was going between a singer and. Um, oh, nice. A brother. The quest for my pillow continues. So, what's going to happen next? So On the pillow front, that is. Yeah. I, I have resorted back to one of the other pillows that I found in my basement. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just imagine your basement is just endless pillows. You could
1: dive in Duck <laughs> McScrooge m- style. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck style. <laughs> into- <laughs> Did I say Duck McScrooge? Jesus, yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> into a vat of pillows. <laughs> yes. Well, I think you should also try, next time you're in Ikea, try my my recommendation.
0: I will only if i can unstuff some of the stuffing and then sew it back up with a sewing machine. Well,
1: it's it has variable height, so even you with your giant puppet head, be, <laughs> yeah, well, should be low <laughs> enough. <laughs> so i was i was amazed you put sewing uh in the list of new things this week because i too have done something something new involving oh, i can't really make i can't make the link uh but i have started knitting. Oh wow. That's right. You heard it
0: here first, people. With needles,
1: with needles, yeah. I have got some US nine, ten and a half bamboo needles, and I have been practicing my knit one, purl one. Wow. And my long tail cast on.
0: I guess it's inevitable. Yeah. It's inevitable once you move into Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you're going to see start. me
1: knitting on the on the train on the subway next. Yeah. Right. Wait, did you say you had a cat? Because that's <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Board games, knitting. Jesus, what has happened to me? Yeah,
0: yeah I might as well just get a cat and be done with it. Snobby coffee. It all started with us snob yeah. being snobby uh, with coffee. It did. <laughs> You're going to own a bicycle soon. God. You are gonna. You already wear tight jeans, so that's already a check off the list. <laughs> yeah, and I did did grow a beard
1: as well. Or that's least, right. Uh, scrappy <laughs> facial hair. Yeah. Um, So this started because I I was in a wedding in Texas, um and middle of November and at the Airbnb place we were at, they had a really great throw on the sofa, mm. which actually turned out to be from Pottery Barn. Um, and I was, and I've not been able to find anything like it since. And it's like a chunky knit, mm. large blanket, really. Um, and the ones I have been able to find are like two hundred dollars, right? And so I was like, that's ridiculous. Surely I can make something like this. And then I started, I went down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos and watched lots of people knitting and I was like, oh, I could probably do this. And this, <laughs> this seems like something just ridiculous and boring enough that I would like to do it.
0: That's amazing.
1: Uh, so yeah, I've, I, I did it. I went, so because I live in Brooklyn, uh, there is of course a knitting cafe. So I went there. <laughs> uh, do I they went, have cats? in the knitting cafe <laughs> I did not see a cat it's a shame but it was <laughs> it was great uh, it was a little bit like how the out of town people walk into a bar in a western movie
0: but it was kind of <laughs> was it like you sort of sh- you, you show up with like your knitting bag and everyone looks at you as you enter <laughs> right. as you enter the doorway yes. and they're all quiet they're like who is this right. new person Yeah, giving sure you the anyone. stairs
1: Anyone under the age of 45 had been in there for quite some time. (laughs) That's not fair, actually. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they just, you can go get a cup of coffee and they have sofas and you just go hang out and knit. Wow. Uh, uh, And they also sell yarn and needles. So uh, I dropped by and was like, hey, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I want to practice. What should I get? So yeah, they picked out some needles and some yarn for me. Amazing. Uh, And I've been practicing, yeah. There's a really good YouTube channel, and a website called sheep and stitch which is exactly what i want like it's well well produced high quality videos that aren't over 10 minutes well there is actually one that's 45 minutes (laughs) Uh, which teaches you how to make like uh, a simple scarf or like uh, a cowl um yeah so it's uh yeah that's what i'm doing Uh, i'm quite enjoying it i even went to michael's today to look at yarn Oh, that's took like half an. I took half an hour out of my day at work. <laughs> is not Michael's, Michael's like
0: the best place in the world?
1: Oh my god, it's amazing! Unless you want to buy something and it's like two weeks before Christmas, in which case the line. Oh, is
0: that's absolutely awful. crazy! Yeah. Everyone's yeah. making so many scrapbooks. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, Michael's amazing. I when I found out there's a Michael's opening like five minutes walk from my house, that was uh, I'm incredibly excited by that. Right. So that's just made my day. So yeah, I think in the next week or two there should be a new Michaels opening by my house.
0: <laughs> yeah, Michaels is like it's it's seriously like uh they're like drug pushers.
1: Yeah, so there's a there's a guy on my team, uh <laughs> Noran who has, does, has never been to a Michaels and I was trying to describe it to him and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: thing is once you go like, into Michaels How do you even describe it? Yeah, it's indescribable. You would find like a styrofoam ball and then your imagination would just blow up and be like, oh, my God, think of the possibilities of the things that I can make with a styrofoam ball, (laughs) right? And then you'd carry that styrofoam ball, and then you'd go to, like, one aisle over, and you'd find all these accoutrements that you can add to the styrofoam (laughs) balls, right? Yes, I need this. (laughs) Yeah, never have I been in a place with
1: so much stuff that I didn't know I needed. (laughs) So, yeah, this week I've been practicing my knitting, um next week i'm hopefully going to level up and actually start on the blanket once i kind of figure out like the gauges of needles and like exactly how thick i want the yarn so that's good the other other side effect i found is that it's really great while watching tv
0: yep or listening to audiobooks
1: yeah because sometimes i'll be watching tv and like my attention would drift or like oh maybe i'll just check twitter Mm -hmm. or you know dick around on my phone but when you're juggling needles and yarn, you have no you don't have a third hand. So yeah, it actually keeps you a whole lot more focused on mm. the show. And you also don't feel like you're just completely wasting time. You don't have that little voice in the back of your head going, You're just sitting there consuming like a giant Yes. No not a giant, <laughs> but um just like something like giant slug just going oh, content content in my face show me tv show me pictures
0: you're actually making something that you can use in the future yeah yeah which i like
1: so there you go uh, i have become a knitter
0: wow i i would say that i want to say that i'm surprised but i actually kind of thought that you already were a knitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah well now i've got delusions of opening my own etsy store but, you know, we'll see Stitches by Edwin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I'm like, oh, do you know what? I do need a scarf now as well, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll make a little scarf. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll make a hat as well. Mm. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, if uh, in a few months you come into the office and I'm just d- dressed entirely in knitwear, um,
0: you will know why. <laughs> I want to know when you're going to get like a robe and like a nice pair of slippers, maybe a pipe And those flannel chairs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One day. One One day. day. One day sooner than I think, by the way I'm going. (laughs) I think that's all the new things I did this week. Oh, no. I watched... I had had to close my browser because Firefox was taking up too much memory and the fan on my MacBook was going like the clappers. Oops. Is like the clappers an American... Do Americans understand what that means?
0: It is not. It's like like the the clappers. clappers. Nope. I don't know what that means.
1: No. Um... Uh just going like flat out i suppose would be the uh
0: gotcha what is that in reference to the clappers does that mean absolutely no idea
1: i should find out the other new thing i did this week was to finally watch the last movie of the lord of the rings trilogy which is what only 10 years 15 years too late (laughs) yeah 14 years yeah woohoo um great and it was great yeah it's amazing (laughs) I didn't think that I actually liked Lord of the Rings, but I was wrong. So, was
0: confession. Mm-hmm. I cried in Return of the King. Oh. <laughs> oh! Uh, which part? Um, I'm going to make an impression of Aragorn when he says, You bow to no one. Uh, <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So I have a few reference, a few um, additional Lord of the Rings related things, like from watching that episode. One was a video that explained why Frodo had to leave at the end, because mm-hmm. that was my first. That's so like your wow, question. Why is Frodo leaving? Yeah, um, and yeah, linked to a YouTube video that does a very good explanation of that. Yeah. Uh, there's also another. There's two great youtube videos by cgp gray that goes it kind of summarizes the all the world building that happens in the cimmerillion mm-hmm. so you get to understand why it's lord of the rings plural why, right. and even though they just talk about one ring mm-hmm. in the movies um that's really awesome there's like broken into two five minute videos totally worthwhile uh in fact you should probably watch most of cgp gray's videos he makes very good uh educational viral videos um, I'll put a link to those two in the show notes. He also does the Hello Internet podcast. Oh, yeah. Those are great format, series. Yeah. Whose format we, we pretty much rip off for this show. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so, yeah. Thanks, CGP Grey. <laughs> um, and then finally, which was a third contender for podcast episode of the week, mm-hmm. uh, just only because I, I, li- I re listened to it, was uh, the Friendshipping podcast. Which I'm not sure you've heard.
0: Is it related to the Lord of the Rings?
1: No, it's uh, two ladies, Jin and Trin. Uh, they work. I think they work. Yeah, they work for Cards Against Humanity. Oh, awesome! Um, and they have a show that just tackles uh, the complexities of friendship, which is so awesome. Which I'm doing. I'm not not doing a good job of selling it very
0: well, but like it's super awesome. Cool. Definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, so they had one episode where they, because they're both massive Lord of the Rings fans, yep. and they do an episode where they talk about how friendship works yep. in in the movies and the awesome bits, and mm-hmm. how Bilbo is a total dick
0: yep. friend. <laughs> Bilbo is a total dick friend. You know who is one yeah. of the best characters in the Lord of the Rings movies? Uh, is it's It's Samwise.
1: Ah, uh, it is Samwise, yes.
0: Yeah, it is. He is one of the true heroes, I feel, and the in the trilogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Um, but uh going back to like Return of the King, have you ever seen all the production diary videos and the behind the scenes stuff?
1: I don't think I have. I may have for like one of the earlier movies. Right. But, you know, yeah, I was never a huge fan, which is I guess why it took me 15 years to actually watch the third film
0: yeah so i actually had the the dvd set of these movies because blu-ray wasn't available 10 years ago when this movie came out (laughs) (laughs) um but in that extended collection they actually have a really detailed um video journal that's really highly produced uh of all the behind the scenes stuff all the the production diaries and peter jackson actually talking through a lot of the stuff and one, it like, it makes you feel like the actors are doing the least amount of work in any sort of movie production, uh, mm. which is amazing to see because they do so much work, right? Yep, yeah. Um, but this just shows how much of the staff is just uh, amazingly talented and actually bringing this world to life. And two, it's super interesting if you're a, uh, a movie production nut in any way how you can just learn so much from how things would work around uh, a set and, like, how things get made. I almost found the production of the movie just as fun as the actual movie itself. Yeah. And it's loaded. It's, like, eight hours of this production diary stuff. It's really amazing. I'll lend you... Do you have a DVD player? I don't know if anyone actually has a DVD player because... I I did up until,
1: like, two (laughs) weeks ago when I cause I've got like the MacBook pro I have, right. that's mine. That's not, that doesn't belong to Spotify is like a 2012. So it's like the th- thick, it was the old, the fatter, 13 uh, inch mm-hmm. MacBook that did have the DVD the drive. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I ripped it out and you can get like a little converter or a spacer that you can mount another SSD on there to give you two hard drives. Right. Uh, and I did that. Yeah. So no, I do not have anything that plays DVDs anymore. That's quite a saga actually getting that, old drive out because <laughs> i stripped one of the screw heads oh no so i ended up having to get like a dremel and like
0: saw into the side of the of the computer anyway what uh yeah. no, they have um they have drill bits that allow you to take out um stripped screwdrivers yeah i tried so many
1: things like there was the use the rubber band elastic band Mm. trick uh super glue like super glue the screwdriver into the head right um try and cut a new slot in the problem is it's like is recessed in like a crevice so Mm -hmm. like the access was very poor so um,
0: what this drill bit does will actually drill itself into um the shaft area of the the screw and i think it drills it it drills itself uh Counterclockwise, so as it drills itself, it will take out the screw.
1: Ah, uh, tries to loosen it. Uh, that's right, clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time I uh, fuck up trying to do a <laughs> home repair <laughs> and st- strip a screw head, I'll be sure to give you a call. Do you have this device? I do. Okay,
0: I can I can link it in the <laughs> nice. show notes. Ah, oh, nice, amazing. <laughs> Anything you want to say about the the book that we're reading so far? We have exactly one yes. week to go. <laughs> we do. I'm I'm only a hundred pages in. <laughs> I've got to catch up.
1: I'm finding it really hard to find time to read. Right. Now that I now that I have I love that I have a deadline.
0: That's awesome. But now you're also knitting. <laughs> right? I feel I like found... you threw a grenade on yourself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a yarn. Yeah. A yarn grenade. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yep, totally. And then we're like also half working on Another project, right? Another project, so working on that. But yeah, I'm finding it really hard to get to weave reading into my day because mm-hmm. now I would listen to podcasts on the subway once I should be reading Right. but podcasts are nice because they block out everyone whereas if you're reading a book I guess it's about Audible or like a this is why this is why you need yeah. Audible
0: and also the same reason how- why if you're knitting you can actually be listening to the story as well
1: mm-hmm. oh my god I could do two things at once Yeah. <gasps> I like that idea But so how far are you
0: in you're probably like I'm halfway nearly finished oh, I'm a okay. little over halfway okay oh nice so I think I'm on pace But I can't help but think that um, you're super annoyed by a lot of the elements in this story. (laughs) (laughs) That is my constant fear when I'm reading this book. It's like, oh my God. I can imagine the eye rolling that Edwin is doing as he's (laughs) reading this portion.
1: Future Edwin, cut here. Future Edwin, start now. Future
0: Edwin, cut now.